0: Hit all the time. We are family. Textures
1: are double digit Cage. We're
2: busting ours.
1: Kick yours. Fun to watch. Minus 15.
2: Respect all, fear none.
1: Into the upper deck.
2: Intensity is not a virtue. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one.
3: Welcome into the Mass and All Access Podcast, everybody from the Mass and Newsroom. I'm Bobby Blanco, and of course, we are brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. The Nationals have held their first summer camp workout last Friday, and a lot has happened since then. Injuries across the league, teams not receiving uh, test results, a lot has been going on. I'll have Byron Kerr on the show later on in the program to discuss everything that's been happening at Nationals camp down at Nats Park in D.C., but first... So, uh, sean doodle who has been very vocal about all of this processes uh since the beginning of camp and beginning of the shutdown had a lot to say about the lack of receiving test results here's a quick snippet of what he had to say in his nearly 30 minute press conference
0: so far we're only what three days into this so yeah. far uh our staff um our medical staff has been doing an incredible job um and uh you know, I think it's running as smoothly as it can at this point. Um, but like a lot of players, the opt out provisions aren't great. Like they're not great. There's, there's a lot of players right now that are trying to make decisions um, that might, you know, be participating in camp that aren't a hundred percent comfortable with where things are at right now. Um, and that's kind of where I am. I, I'm, I think I'm planning on playing, but, if at any point this uh, I start to feel unsafe, um, if it starts to take a toll on my mental health, um, with all these things that we have to to worry about, and, and just kind of this cloud of uncertainty hanging over everything, um, you know, then I'll opt out. But you know, for now, I've prepared for the last three months like I'm going to play. Um, you know, I'm I'm I, I feel ready to go. But, you know, as I sit here talking to you guys, let me, hold on, let me check something. Yeah, as I sit here talking to you guys, I still don't have my test results from Friday's test. So, like... I got tested again this morning without knowing the results of my test from Friday. So we got to clean that up. Right. So like, that's one thing that like makes me, makes me a little nervous. My, like my mental health is something that I'm really going to have to stay on top of. Like this is, I can already tell this is going to be a grind mentally and I might go crazy before anything else. um, Just with this, like I said, there's this cloud of uncertainty. There's this kind of um, you're always kind of uh, waiting for like more bad news. Like every time I get a text message or something on my phone throughout the day, I'm worried that it's either going to be some kind of bad news, like somebody in the league tested positive or, or somebody opted out or uh, you know, so-and-so broke protocol and, and there's pictures of people going out on social media when they shouldn't be. Like there's all these things, and then just the regular procedures of the day. Like it, it's uh, it's a lot. It's it's very very different, um, and unfortunately, there's not a long period of adjustments, and there's not a lot of room for error. So, um, so I don't know. Powerful
3: words from one of the more outspoken leaders on the Nationals clubhouse, and in all of baseball, Sean Doolittle. Well, of course, the Nationals leader uh, for the team. Mike Rizzo had a lot to say after canceling Monday's workout and a press release. He also re- spoke to reporters Tuesday morning to discuss the decision that went into shutting down camp on
1: Monday. We had too many outstanding tests that, uh, and we didn't have the information on, on the players, uh, their, uh, their safety. And, uh, and we figured instead of going in blind and hoping that the, the outstanding cases weren't going to be uh, positive, we just, just didn't have a, a good enough feeling that, uh, that we were uh, having the, the, the player safety uh, in the forefront, so we decided that uh, until until we get uh, a good feel for who's testing negative and positive, that we we're gonna we we're gonna uh, just uh, delay the uh, the start of yesterday's workout, and then uh, and and wait for some results. And we didn't get them by midday, so we canceled we canceled the uh, the workout altogether.
3: So all the intake results are
2: now in, and your 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 pleased with you know, you're satisfied with uh, the results you've gotten. Yes,
1: yeah, still, uh, still, the, the uh all, all the, the the July third uh, results were in. Uh, yesterday, we got them. Uh, they were they were all negative, which is a good thing. And so we uh, we we went on with uh, with today's workout as scheduled. Yeah, I think that uh, you know the, the thing that we'll share is that you know two of our players have uh, have tested positive for for the virus. They're uh, they're you're obviously in quarantine uh, and anybody who comes in contact with him, we, that needs to be retested. Now, uh, you know, the, uh, several of those players that you, you mentioned uh, beyond the, the two positive tests have tested negative in their intake test. But if you come into any type of uh, contact with a, a player that is positive uh, and we, we, we cast a real wide net of, of being in contact with them that, uh, that you have to be retested. And those players were, were, uh, were are retested uh, a, a couple of days ago, and we're uh, waiting on the results on on uh, a, a group of those players that you mentioned. Um, I mean, you know, those the those discussions were had at the at the ownership level uh, with the commissioner and. Uh, and you know, I think that uh, you know I think we're all in agreement. We're trying to make this work. We want to make it work. We want baseball, but it has to be safe, and it has to be. We we have to care about uh, our players and our and our and our players' families and our staffs first and foremost. End of and sentence. And uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, I I do have com- I do have confidence that uh, we can get this right. There's a lot of smart people uh, trying to uh, trying to work this thing out. Uh, and I, I'm not going to judge it by uh, by the by the early. Uh, results that, that we had early on in camp because we're, we're in a situation that we've never been before uh, but we're also going to make sure that the, the protocols are, are, are being are being done right and correctly and and to to the, uh, to the to the safe protocols that we need to for me to feel good about uh, protecting our players and their families and our staff because that's that's paramount in in uh, in my mind, and uh, and that's my job. I've got to care for my my people, and uh, and that's uh, and that's what we'll do. So we're going to uh, hopefully this thing gets a little little rhythm to it. We'll get more fluid. We'll get we'll get it'll be more of a routine, uh, but we're always going to uh, we're always going to make certain that it's done right. And when it's not, we will uh, let people know.
3: Now we're going to bring on our mass nationals beat writer, Byron Kerr, who is coming to us via zoom from nationals park and summer camp And Byron. It's good to see you. Um, how's it going there down at Nats park?
2: Yeah, it's hot. They have the uh, press box open. Everybody's social distancing about six to 10 feet. Uh, you have to wear your mask all the time. You get to take them off just for this interview, but, uh, It's a normal setup that you would expect in the press box, obviously, except for the social distancing. A lot of different sections are closed up here, but there are hand wipes and hand sanitizer at every section here, Bobby. And, uh, you know, you know the view you have from here. So you get to see the whole stadium. Obviously, it's empty. You hear the players and coaches. You can hear them pretty much talking the whole time. You can hear Max Scherzer grunting. I mean, it's this, you know, those things are normal. But it is kind of, as you know, trying to get in here, and get up here you you can't get close to the clubhouse or uh, you know you have to walk around to a different elevator and come up and obviously it's much less amount of people allowed in the press box as you would expect normally so a lot of different protocols because of the coronavirus
3: yeah i imagine and we know that there are plenty of safety protocols not just for the media but of course the players and uh the front office staff and the coaching staff as well we've heard um a lot from the different players and Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo over the past couple of days. First and foremost, I think we should touch on Sean Doolittle. I played a clip of his press conference from Sunday earlier in the podcast. Um, and, you know Him expressing his displeasure with the process that MLB has put in place in terms of getting their test results back. Uh, what did you make of what Sean had to say? It was some pretty strong words um, and it made some really good points in the terms of, like, You know, this is for our health and safety, not just of us, but our friends and family as well. And we need to know who has tested positive or not.
2: Yeah. You know, the Mike Rizzo had talked about that. There are two players that are asymptomatic that they're holding back right now that are members of the nationals team. And, and, you know, Sean Doolittle mentioned that they had a delay in getting the test back from July 3rd through the weekend from Utah, I guess it is. So uh, hopefully major league baseball has been able to figure that out after Monday sessions were canceled with the Nats, and you can tell that, you know, obviously this is very, very close to his heart because of his, of his wife and what she has had to go through in her life medically with her lungs and stuff. He's very concerned of, you know, maybe getting something here and bringing it back home or something like that. She's not even going to live with him now uh, for the season to, for safety reasons to be careful. So it's something that he's very worried about. You know, we already had Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross uh, already uh, saying that they're not going to be able to play in Wellington Castillo opting out as well and then bigger names around the league as well so you know he's the most articulate and easy to talk to as you know Bobby and he will give you the full answer he will not give you or mince words or anything like that and you know I hope it's a wake-up call I I think that's what he's trying to do is get Major League Baseball to use this as a wake-up call because nothing is guaranteed sure we have a schedule set up for July 23rd or 24th that's all a schedule But nothing is guaranteed if you can't put 25 to 30 players on the field to get ready for those games and try to make it through two months. And you can't do it without the proper safety protocols in place and finding out these test results a lot faster, getting the overnight deliveries here as as fast as they can to make sure that everybody that goes on the field that is in contact with a player or a coach does not have coronavirus or is not asymptomatic. So, yeah, it's definitely a wake-up call for Major League Baseball.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned his wife, Aaron Dolan. Um, he talked about how, you know, first and foremost, she shouldn't have to publicly put out her health uh, issues um, in the public. But, you know, she went ahead and did that anyways. Now people know that she's a high risk individual. And of course, he's worried about her. You mentioned that she's not even going to live with him. Um, and, and if Sean ends up having to opt out, you know, he would probably have to self-quarantine himself uh, for 14 days, uh, two weeks, and, or if you played the whole season, that's going without seeing her in person for three months or maybe more. So that's very difficult on on, on not just the Doolittles, but also uh, baseball players and their families across the league. Uh, you uh, also mentioned Mike Rizzo. I mean, he had some even stronger words coming out in that statement he posted on Monday when they canceled their Monday workouts because they did not have access to their results. Uh, Byron, what does it say that um, a high-ranking official and someone who is well-respected around the league, like Mike Rizzo, comes out and kind of calls out the league and says, hey, this needs to be fixed because I'm not putting my players and their families at risk?
2: Yeah, you know, he's getting feedback from Davey Martinez about the situation here. He's seeing the protocols. He even mentioned when we asked him a few days ago, Bobby, are you going to travel with the team? And he said, yes, I am going to travel during the season, not only as a general manager, but also kind of a a safety – protocol manager if you will as well He's wants to make sure that the players and coaches are all safe at home here at Nats Park and on the road in team hotels and at stadiums that they play on the road Uh, that's something that he's very very worried about and then when you don't get test results back and he's hearing from Davey and from the coaching staff that the players don't feel safe on Monday he had to make a decision and uh, you know he's trying to get some people's attention not only in the public in the medical field but also at Major League Baseball and you know Robert Manfred probably wasn't too excited about. He, he let uh, Mike Rizzo know in some of those articles that he wasn't too thrilled about it, but you know, Rizzo's got to worry about these players and the coaches because you're not going to be able to play baseball if you don't have healthy players to play baseball. So they're going to go hand in hand. Yes, you have to play good baseball to be able to try to advance in a 60-game season, but also you can't play baseball unless these guys are healthy and if there's all these safety protocols, they have to be the same at Nats Park as they are at Camden Yards, as they are at Yankee Stadium. And they have, every test has to be you know, administered the same way. So that we're all on the same page here and doing the best we can. And Mike Rizzo's phrase that he always likes to use, due diligence. We have to do our due diligence to make sure these guys are safe. And, yeah, you know, again, I keep using wake-up call. That's what he's trying to do is get someone's attention and, I, and obviously he got the commissioner's office attention because he wants to protect the nationals. And that's the most important thing to him right now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I like the idea of him being a health and risk manager uh, with the team. It's, it falls under his job. He's got a lot on his plate. And you know, Byron, I think it's really unfortunate. This comes at the very beginning of summer camps across the league because we just spent the last three months um, having a pretty ugly and public labor dispute between the players and owners in the league. Um, and we get to summer camp finally, we're actually having baseball activity, and these players aren't safe enough or feel safe enough to continue doing that. Um, so I think it's all, all in all a bad look for the league, um, and, and baseball is a sport heading into this thing. They tried so hard to be the first sport uh, out there and playing, but, you know, without the pub the proper health protocols and safety and test results and all the logistics that's behind them. you know, you kind of have to wonder, like why weren't we talking more about the logistics behind this? And, you know, Sean Doolittle was one of the players who publicly said, he was like, hey, money and labor is important, but we need to figure out these health and safety protocols first and foremost because that's even more important in terms of everyone's health and safety. Um, so I, I, all in all, I think it was a pretty rough start to summer camp for Major League Baseball and the players. Hopefully they get it kind of under control. Uh, Davy Martinez, I mean, excuse me, Mike Rizzo did say in his press conference uh, uh, the other day that they did finally get their results and no more uh, positive tests, which obviously is a good thing. Uh, Byron, in terms of you and the media, I, I know you were supposed to be at Nationals Park on Monday, and of course the Nats ended up canceling that workout Uh, Monday morning because a lack of test results. What was that like? I'm just curious as to, like, were you already on your way to the ballpark? Did someone give you a heads up? It seemed like the Nationals communication staff was pretty on top of this and making sure that no one knew, everyone knew to not come to that day. What was that whole kind of situation like as the Nats tried to get the word out that they were canceling practice?
2: Yeah, I mean, thank goodness I have, I work with Mark Zuckerman because he, (laughs) he, uh, he knows what's going on. He was able to alert me before I got in my car um, you know, about a half an hour drive into Nats Park. And then, as you talked about, it, it was scrambling for the Nats Communications Department to get uh, that release out. That Not only were they not going to have any Zoom calls on Monday, but there wasn't going to be any practices as well. So, yeah, that was a, a really interesting moment. And, you know, it kind of makes you catch your breath and think, oh, could this happen again? I mean, it seems like it could happen any day if they get to the park early morning. I know Davey likes to start his day at like 7.30 here at, at Nats Park and then go till 5.45 at night. There could be scenarios where that could happen again, where they said, hey, we don't have test results. So I don't feel comfortable doing this. I mean, you, you have, you know, what was it like the Angels having to do the cotton swab test themselves? I mean, this is, you can't have this. It has to be a, a protocol that is set by uh, each team, uh, by Major League Baseball, r- rather, for each team to make sure it doesn't happen. But, yeah, that was a crazy situation. I was lucky enough. Thanks to Doug Miller as well. He gave me a heads up that uh, you know you don't have to go to Nats Park uh, and we'll do the Zoom calls. And then there wasn't any Zoom calls as well. So that was an interesting day. It didn't sound like it bumped back anything too much for Davey. Uh, they got the uh, sim game in on, on Wednesday here at Nats Park. So it uh, looks like they're still on schedule and they didn't lose any time because of that missed day.
3: Yeah, we'll touch on that sim game in just, uh, just a bit. But I'm also curious, Byron, because I haven't been down to Nationals Park uh, quite yet um, during summer camp, and I'm not sure if I exactly will. Uh, I mentioned to our, our, our co-worker, Paul Mancano, the other day that, you know, we had plans to go to actually Camden Yards, and I wasn't entirely sure that I felt safe going. N- nothing against the Orioles or what they were doing. Uh, it's just, you know, it's the state of being in a pandemic. How have you felt personally in terms of going down there? Because you have a family, too, and I'm sure you have friends that you want to be able to see. Uh, you have a job to do as well, but, you know, how do you feel personally, Uh, attending these workouts so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, anytime you go out, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety, I guess I feel. I feel that even when I go to the grocery store or, or, you know, go to the hardware store, those are my regular uh, visits that I have during the week. And so I remember driving across the 14th Street Bridge, Bobby, and I'm like, wow, this is the first time I've driven across the 14th Street Bridge in, you know, three months. So that was kind of a, a weird feeling, but they're doing a really, really nice job here. Uh, At Nats Park, there's personnel outside that take your temperature, ask you questions about if you've been in contact with anybody with coronavirus. And, you know, I bring the hand sanitizer with me, Um, obviously the mask and stuff that I have. And uh, there are Clorox wipes here that I I think I talked to you about already. I make sure I wipe down this whole area before I I even get started. You know, elevator buttons, the whole nine yards. You walk up the concourse. You, You don't even come close to the clubhouse as well. You go up to, uh, to the press box elevators, only two people are allowed in each each elevator. So, um, you know, I've been impressed with the protocols. They're double checking with us every time we do anything. And um, as you have done, as everybody has done, wearing your mask when you're out in public and walking around and then hand sanitizing in your car. Once you get back into your car and uh, trying to wipe down as, as many surfaces as you can, I guess is the protocols. But I feel you know pretty good because of what I've seen here at Nats Park. Uh, you know, each day, what is it going to be like when they have a real game here and there's going to be more people here, even though, unfortunately there won't be fans. That'll be an interesting one as well. That, that, you know, there may be a delay in how long it takes each person to get in here because you have to be really, really careful uh, to make sure no one has a fever and that you're hand sanitizing and wiping and wearing a mask the whole time. Uh, And that could delay everybody getting in here for, for games. So yeah, it's going to be interesting here in the next couple of weeks and, But I I can't not say, you know, in my age group and the fact that I have three kids, as you said, and a family that I don't get anxiety, and I'm sure you do, too, uh, every once in a while, thinking what would happen if I did get COVID-19. So, yeah, it's something that's always in the back of your mind.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I have a set of older grandparents who I I like to spend some time with um, that obviously, you know, come into my mind every time I step outside the house um, and, and go out. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you're being safe and that everyone there feels safe, Um, And that the players, you know, the players have mentioned that nothing against the personal staffs of Nationals Park. They feel like everyone's doing their best uh, to keep them safe and out of harm's way. It's just more of a greater systematic issue in terms of Major League Baseball. But good to hear that Nationals Park is a safe environment so far in summer camp. Let's talk about the actual baseball, Byron, because you mentioned this uh, sim game that happened earlier today, the first one of summer camp. Max Scherzer on the mound It's all. At and Kerr on Twitter, you know, he was in his happy place on the mound. He (laughs) threw uh, 48 pitches, according to Davey Martinez, uh, over three innings. What did you see from Max today and just other observations from today's workout?
2: Yeah, it was fun to see him back on the mound. I'm sure Nats fans uh, can't wait to see. Uh, He was wearing the, the white home uniform with the blue numerals and the red trim, and Kurt Suzuki was catching for the most part for him. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was grunting through those fastballs, as he said, 48 pitches. And as Paul Menhart, as I talked to him, the pitching coach on, on a text, he said, you know, how many strikes? And he said, mucho strikes. So uh, he struck out the side one time. Uh, they had, I think, five or six players, guys like Eric Thames, Adam Eaton, Trey Turner, Michael A. Taylor that he faced. And I think uh, Carter Keboom told us that he faced him twice and uh, he gave up a couple hits, but nothing really big and, and a lot of strikeouts. It looked like the normal uh, Max Scherzer for me. As you mentioned, Davey Martinez says that he was out at 10.30 pacing around before the 12 noon start for the sim game. That sounds like normal Max Scherzer to us. And uh, it looked very, very solid. Really, uh, you know, when you watch Max pitch, whether it's in a sim game or in the World Series, uh, it's 111% Max Scherzer effort every single time, and that's what I saw. So that's a great sign for the Nats that he looks like, um, as I wrote in my – my piece today, he looks like he's in mid-season form. And ironically, this should be the mid-season if we're talking about uh, July. So good uh, good thing for Nats fans to know that Max Scherzer looks like Max Scherzer on uh, July 7th.
3: Yeah, I think.
2: July I mean, 8th,
1: sorry.
3: I th- yeah, right. <laughs> It's hard to keep track of days. I think that the fact that Max Scherzer was stalking and preparing himself for a sim game, I mean, any player would be excited to play uh, baseball after three months off, but the fact that Max was basically treating it like a playoff game uh, pretty much tells you all you need to know about Max Scherzer as a competitor. Um, he was going out there, giving 100, 110%. A couple more questions for you, Byron. I know you have to go soon, but um, the schedule uh, was released for all Major League clubs on Monday night. Obviously, the Nationals, as previously reported, opening the Major League season, july 23rd at seven o'clock at nats park hosting the yankees um do you have any other like observations from the 60 game schedule that came out um you know obviously they're playing the national league east and the american league east over the course of the 60 games um it should be a pretty interesting uh, sprint to the finish line
2: yeah i tried to get uh, some comments from Davey martinez and from um, you know mike rizzo and uh the last couple days about that but they're so focused on getting to that first game. That's what Davey said, getting ready for the Yankees on July 23rd. That's the most important thing. But my first perusal of, of the schedule, Bobby, and I saw two 10 game road trips that jumped out at me as well, which is uh, pretty, pretty rare to see in in just a a sprint to the finish line of just 60 games. So that's something that they're going to have to be cognizant of is making sure that they are set for that. And also in the second week, they are supposed to play at Toronto and you know, the, the blue Jays, You know, you don't know if Canada is going to be able to open up the Sky Dome or not at Rogers Center for them to play. So that's interesting. We're going to find out pretty quickly if they're going to be allowed to go to Toronto for that series after they play the Yankees and then the Blue Jays and then have to go to two games against Toronto. But, yeah, you know, you it's a as we talked about uh, last uh, year, you know, their sprint to the finish line. I did a piece on this in Massinsports.com where I looked at how many starts guys like Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, Anibal Sanchez had from July 23rd or 24th to the end of the season last year most of them had 12 or 13 starts max of course was hurt with the back so he only had eight and then that means he had eight starts out there for guys like eric Fetty or austin both or a fifth starter so it'll be interesting to see how he places that and gets ready uh but you know davey all he wants to do is go one and oh against the yankees in that first game and uh you know and trey turner was the one that said as well whoever they put on the schedule that's who we're going to play and we'll be ready to go
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, my kind of breakdown of the schedule: they played the Mets and the Phillies six at home and four times on the road. Then the Braves and Marlins four times at home and six on the road. Orioles a total of six two three game series. Of course, the local team right up I ninety five. Yankees three games uh, to start the season and then go three games at Fenway to face the Red Sox. Uh, four two back to uh, back back to back two game series against the Blue Jays um, in Toronto to be determined. Or, and in Nationals Park and then also two games in D.C. and then two games in Tampa Bay against the Rays. Um, I think the toughest stretch that I see is August 25th through September 16th. They play seven games against the Phillies, three at Boston, seven against the Braves, and four against the Tampa Bay Rays. Those are a lot of good teams uh, along that stretch and not too many days off, so that's going to be a tough stretch for the Nationals. Another thing that I, uh, I thought of is that you mentioned the seven-game homestands versus the 10-game road trips. Um, don't forget the Nationals ended the last 2019 regular season with an eight-no home stand, so they might be primed to set up to repeat that feat at the end of the 2020 season. Uh, if we get that far, hopefully we will. Byron, right, well, before you go, I mean, what uh, you mentioned uh, some of the articles you have coming up. You heard from Carter Kibum and Davey today. Uh, what can you tell us about what you have coming up on Massinsports.com?
1: Yeah, no,
2: I thank you. I appreciate it. I got a chance to talk to Mason Denneberg this week. That's on Massinsports.com. Uh, a long interview that says that uh, his shoulder is uh, in good shape, a hundred percent. And he says he's going to ramp up his throwing program to 120, 150 feet here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, he's got a real good head on his shoulders. It's fun to talk to him, Bobby, because he's not feeling jealous or disappointed that Cade Cavalli, Jackson Rutledge and Seth Romero, the other number one picks are here on the 60 man. He's focused on what he needs to do to get better, to be a hundred percent. He's got a gym set up in a, in a, uh, a shack that his, his dad had built in the backyard that's got everything he needs. Uh, he's been working out with a physical therapist in Melbourne, which is close to his house. house. So uh, it sounds like he's, he's in a good spot and he feels confident where he's in. He, and um, the key that I got from that article and talking to him, Bobby, is that he's not worried about rushing anything. And so that's good to hear that Mason Denenberg is doing great. Also, I got to talk to Zach Cornell from Southeastern University. He's a talented outfielder that was one of only nine players, undrafted free agents that was signed by the Nats and this guy has got a incredible personality he's so funny he, you know answer the phones like what's up Byron like we had known each other for 10 years uh so I'm working on that article Zach Cornell so look for that on the talented outfielder from Cartersville Georgia who's about 6'2", 15. he looks like Ian Desmond I mean he. He looks like an exciting player. He's got an effervescent personality. So I'll look for that article coming up the next week.
3: Awesome stuff coming from Byron Kerr on MassInsports.com, And, of course, give him a follow on Twitter at Kerr. BK, thanks for the time. Stay safe and talk to you soon.
2: Sounds good, Bobby. Thanks for the time.
3: Thanks again to Byron Kerr for joining me on the program today, and thanks to Paul Mancano and Hannah Broder for all their help behind the scenes. And thanks to you for tuning into this week's Mass and All Access podcast. Be sure to follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, and, of course, all of Mass and National social media accounts. I'm Bobby Blanco, at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter, and we're brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today.